Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, Real world. world. So welcome back. We're super excited to start 2020 with all of you. And we say thanks for listening in 2019. And how fun is it to say 2020? <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it is pretty fun, actually. Um, so before we get rolling, we just wanted to... Um, kind of give a shout out to an anonymous listener who was um, kind enough to give us some correction. Some in, feedback. Yeah, yeah, some feedback. Um, a few episodes ago, we used the term, or I used the term hearing impaired. Yes. Um, and what we heard is that that's not, um, that's not the appropriate terminology. Correct. Right. And so we wanted to say thanks for helping us to understand better that um, that hearing impaired is no longer acceptable as right. a label, and um, and helping us to know a better way. Yes, yeah. So, so for those of you that are wondering what the better way is, oh. <laughs> um, it's deaf and hard of hearing. Deaf so hearing. Um, just you know, in the future, and you know, what that's one thing that about language is language is constantly changing, and um, and so we appreciate the listener for bringing that to our attention and for, um, educating us. Yeah. So, um, so thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about something that we've been seeing a a lot of like, um, on social media. Um, and it's articles and the idea that, um, inclusion is not effective and inclusion doesn't work. And, um, you know, we don't want to be controversial. No. Um, but we're also obviously super passionate about inclusion. Right. Because I mean, we're, we're called, called love, love and inclusion. inclusion. <laughs> um, and so um, so we felt that, you know, we we wanted to talk to this about about this to you because um, we think it's important to um, to be able to talk about it and kind of go through things that we think are important. Right. And I think too, that there's a certain power really in kind of brainstorming through different issues. And so if you have a student at school and um, he or she is in a general education classroom for part or all of, all of the day and things don't seem to be going well, um, I think that there's different ways that we can respond to that. And one of those ways is to say inclusion doesn't work. Right. Um, but what we know, like from clear, like the Spice. research makes it clear, yeah. um, is that when it's done correctly and it's done with the intention of supporting every student in the classroom, that it absolutely does work. Totally. And um, before we get into that research, I want to kind of go back way back in the way back machine is, you know, Mr. Yeah. Peabody here, um, <laughs> to our first episode. And in our first episode, we had definitions of inclusion. And, um, and I, this is just kind of going by memory. I wrote, jotted it down a little bit. So this probably isn't word for word of how we said it on the first episode, but you know, um, two things that we said there was inclusion is a mindset, right? And it's a mm-hmm. way of thinking. So, um, you know, when, when, when people say, well, the classrooms, that classroom is the inclusion classroom. And I'm like, what? Like, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a culture. It's a whole way of thinking. It's a community. Right. Um, and then also, you know, we talked about in that first episode that 
inclusion really encompasses all aspects of the community, right? So it's not just in that classroom, right? Right. Like it's the whole setting and and it's not just at school neither, right? It's in your community, it's in your home. So um, I just kind of wanted to reflect back on that. Yeah, I think it's important to grasp the idea that that like inclusion in school is not an end goal. No. Right? It's really a catalyst for a different kind of society because when kids are included well from the time they enter school to the time they graduate, then when it's time for them to get a job, right? the kids they've been going to school with are going to be like, well, of course I would give her a job or be a co-worker with her because what, like, why wouldn't I? Right. You know, I, I feel like there could be a time where it would just be a really puzzling concept to think that somebody shouldn't be able to get a job because they have a disability. Yeah. Um, um, so what we know from research is that inclusion, when it's done correctly, has positive results. And it has positive results for students who have disabilities and for students who do not have disabilities. Um, and, and, and that is from surveys given to those students with disabilities and those students without disabilities and asking them. And it's also given, isn't it also given to um, the teachers too, right? To teachers. Like it's, it's not just the students. Pers- right. Pers- perspective. That's the word I'm thinking. But you know what they report is um, what both sets of students, students with disabilities and students without disabilities, they report a higher self-concept, greater motivation to work and learn, liking school more, being more focused and successful academically and socially. So those are results that all kids report when all kids are educated together. Right. Um, And... And I know that some people out there are going to say, well, but, but my student has these really profound impacts, right? Like, well, and there's studies out there for kids with really severe disabilities too, right? right? Because I know some people like might look at us and be like, well, your kid just has Down syndrome, right? Right. (laughs) um, And you know, if you know, your, your kid probably can still read at grade level or can probably still do this, can probably still do that. Uh, and so um, the Maryland Maryland Coalition, Coalition goodness, I can't speak time, for inclusive education, um, they, they did a study and it says students with severe disabilities who were observed in both general ed and special ed settings, right? So in the general ed classrooms, um, th- they were delivered more instruction, um, provided similar amount of one-on-one instruction time um, and address content more and use non-disabled peers and adults less, right? Right. Um, And then the comparison of the two studies revealed a significant difference in non-instructional time. This was like alarming to me. I know, Um, it's crazy. Like, so here it is. Um, In self-contained classrooms, 58% of the time um, was classified. So when the kid was in a non, well, in a self-contained classroom, 58% of the time, um, it was on non-instructional versus in a regular classroom, 35% of the time. So Right. So that means more than half of the time, more than half the of student the time. was not being taught anything. Right. 
right? That's that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And also, I 35 percent of the time in the general ed, right? However, I would think that 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 number is probably pretty well rounded for all students because mm-hmm. they're like, I don't think any student can be a hundred percent engaged a hundred percent of the day. Right. And right. I like, well, and I think too, when you put 25 or 30 kids together in exactly. one classroom, there's time lost to like just organization right. and lining up and everybody sitting down and getting quiet and that kind of thing. But when, when, when the amount of time that kids not receiving instruction exceeds 50%, then you really have to say to yourself, like, what is happening right. in that classroom that reduces that instructional time? Because that's that's the whole point of sending our kids to school is so they receive instruction. So, um, so here's the deal is if you say to yourself, inclusion isn't working, you also have to say to yourself, how am I going to respond? Right, exactly. And... Um, I just want to pay back to that study was done in 1998. Yeah. Um, so I bet if they did a study now, it would be similar mm-hmm. results, obviously. Um, but the point that I bring up that it was 1998 was um, we've known this stuff for a really long time. Right. There's been data for a really long it's time. It's not new stuff. It's not. Yeah. It's not news flash. Like we just found out, a, you know, the newest thing to drink today. Right. Right. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up. But now let's get into so it's not working, right? Right. So, I mean, I think a lot of the tendency is to just dismiss inclusion as right. bad pedagogy, right? Like right. it's just not, it's not good teaching. It's right. not a good way to do things. And I think the other thing that happens is, is that a lot of times we tend to blame the student. Right. Right. And that just breaks my heart. Right. <laughs> like, uh, like that completely, um, well, just blows my mind that we would say, well, he just can't do it. And, and it makes me think about, um, there was a study that I read years and years ago. Um, and I think it was in an Anthony Robbins book. So this was like a long, long time. Like it was like, now he's Tony Robbins. So just, I mean, that's what he, he knows by now. So just so you know how long ago it was. But what they, there was this, they did this study and they took these kids. They were like 15 kids and they were like the lowest performing kids mm-hmm. in, in the whole school, right? Um, but they hired a new teacher and they told the teacher that, hey, these kids are like the gifted kids. Like these kids score the highest on all test scores. And so um, so they brought this teacher in and then the teacher was like, well, these kids aren't getting this. But instead of the teacher blaming the student, the teacher was like, wait a minute, these kids are the highest in the, in the school, right? Mm-hmm. And so then the teacher swapped everything and started teaching them differently. Mm-hmm. And then those kids became the highest in the school when right. really they were the lowest. So I bring that up to say that this happens all the time. Expectations right? matter. Expectations matter, right? For and sure so, they matter. Um, and so mm-hmm. when you blame the student, who's winning there? Nobody. Nobody. Right? And he, I mean, here's the thing. Like, just think about being at home, Right. And it, like, if you're the mom or the dad or whoever, whatever your role is at your home, if you, if nobody puts their shoes away, right. And, and there's not an expectation for everybody to put their shoes away. You, you can't really blame them for not right. doing it. Right. Right. Like as parents, we have to set this expectation that, Hey, you take off your shoes and this is where you put them. And so low expectations always impact behavior. A hundred percent of right. the time. Yeah. And so if we're saying... Even if there's no label. Let's, even let's if there's no label, yeah. right? Like everybody. If I have a job and my boss says, ah, I don't really care how you perform. 
that gives me a lot of leeway to I'm gonna show up in sweatpants. Not do a good job. <laughs> right. And so low expectations always impact behavior. And so if we're saying to a kid, hey, you're just not ever gonna get this. You can't do this. You don't have the tools to do right. this. Well, guess what? They're not going They're to. They're not going to. Right, right. Right. Um, because we really haven't given them a good reason. And so um, so that's not good enough. No. No. So go ahead. Were you going to no, say I think, okay. no, I think that you're absolutely right to say that. Like, that's not a good no, response. Not, no. <laughs> so, so now what, right? Am I going to sit here and be mad? And, you know, just be like, oh, okay, I guess my kid can't do that. Right. No, right? Like, I mean, that, that doesn't seem feasible, right? Like, you don't, using your analogy about the shoes, right? You don't just say, oh, I guess nobody can put their shoes away. I guess I'm, if somebody's going to fall and break a hip, right? Right. Like, it's over. Um, it's over. No, it's done. No more shoes. Actually, maybe that. No more shoes. Nobody can wear that's, shoes ever again. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, no um, winter. But actually, what do you do? You take action. Right. Right? And so... Um, and I know that a lot of, you know, a lot of families and even educators have come to us and said, well, how do we do that? Right. Like, what do we do? We, we, we believe in this, but we just don't know where or how to start. Right. So, um, so we have some great ideas. Right. <laughs> and we don't like, we don't have all the ideas. No, we don't have all right? the ideas. And no. chances are we're going to get ideas while we're talking about this exactly. right now, but we want to at least get this conversation going and we would love to get your ideas too. Definitely. And so if you're following us on Facebook, is that what you say? Or you like us on Facebook, pop on there and tell us. Instagram. Like, tell us what you're thinking. Um, well, one thing that I want to also say too, um, before we get into the, the action steps or action ideas, I should say, um, is um, that the child does not, the student does not have to be 100% in the classroom. Right. To, to, for inclusion to really be happening, be happening, right? Right. Um, right. And for for the student to benefit, right. right? So here's a really good example. Cora, throughout her day, needs breaks, and so when she takes those breaks, she's stepping out of her general education classroom. She's stepping into a space where she can kind of um, regroup, regroup. Right, get her mindset towards work and be ready to go back to the classroom. And so argue, I mean, somebody could say, well, she's not really being included all the time because she's not always in the classroom. Well, let's throw away the notion that inclusion means your kid is in a classroom 100% of the time. Your kid can be in a classroom 100% of the time and not be included at all. Right, exactly. Right, and that that's kind of the whole, that's the crux of the whole thing, right? right? It's Inclusion requires presence right, to definitely. some degree, but presence doesn't equal inclusion. Exactly. So, um, so I'm going to start this just because I want to throw this out there. The very first action that you as a parent need to take when you're looking and you feel like my kid's in this classroom and it's not really working is it is really best unless you have evidence to prove otherwise for you to assume good intentions on the part of um, the teacher, the principal, the school, the paraprofessionals. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you that it is so disheartening for a parent to automatically assume you're the bad guy because 
you work for the school. Right. And it makes it hard for anybody to move forward. And and that is by no means what, what, we're, what we're saying here. We're saying that um, assume that everybody has good intentions, right? right? And assume that... And, and you know, to be honest, 99.9% of the time, that's true. It's right? true. Because I, I I'm not going to say 100% of the time because then somebody's going to come and say, well, this happened, right? And, and I know that stuff happens, right? And mm-hmm. um, But also, you know, again, 99. I, I, I'm going to stand firm on that, 99.9% yeah. of the time. You know, it's, uh, it's with good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, too, there's things that I've done in my life with good intentions only to realize that, ah, uh, wasn't the best outcome. That wasn't you know? the best outcome. Um, so you know, so it's important to to start off in that with that right, flow, right, in that mindset, right. And some you don't like somebody can totally disagree with your approach and still have a good intention, right, right. And so start with the idea that your kid's teacher wants to teach your kid, yes, right, and that the principal at your school wants to support your kid. Mm-hmm. Like start from that place of positivity so that you can become a partner right well and what's beauty what's great the beauty about that is becoming a partner right right because when you can start with those best intentions and then you can have a better relationship right Mm -hmm. and therefore making it easier to to partner with and to be able to to grow and and Therefore, it's a win-win for your, for your child right. or for the students or yes. yes. Yeah. And also, when you start from that perspective, you can really start to identify true allies in the school system mm-hmm. who um, really are excited for change to occur. They're, yes. they're um, interested in trying new approaches. They want to improve their own practice. Um, they really want to come alongside you for the benefit of your student and for students that will come after your mm-hmm. student. If you start out from that place of hostility, right, that just angry spot, it really, I think, kind of puts the brakes on progress. And I'm not saying that you never have to fight. Right. Because I've fought. Yeah. Tina's fought. We've been there. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying that you never have to, like, dig in your heels and say, Heck no. Right. Um, this kind of reminds me of the analogy. You get more bees with honey, right? Right. Um, and, and you know, Hetty made a really good point when you talked about um, finding those natural allies too, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and those allies can help you to be like, hey, here's something that I'm seeing and I just want to, to you know, support you or I want to help you with this or that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, as you build those relationships, then you have a really great place to um, say the, these are the things that I know. Right. Right. And for those to be accepted, received. Right. In like a productive kind of way. Well, and I like how you said received too, because that was something that I thought about earlier and then I lost it. But um, if you can come at it with a, with, you know, with good intentions, right. Um, then it's, people are going to be more open, right? right? And they're going to be like more like, oh, she or they want to partner with us mm-hmm. to, to make to make my classroom better, to make the school better, you know, whatever the situation is. Or even, you know, I mean, we have teachers that listen too. So I want to say teachers, you know, have the best, the, you know, good intentions with the families too. Like, you know, being able to, to be open with them and having right. a conversation as well. Um, you know, we've had teachers in Cora's um, 
you know, educational journey who I think like really wanted to do a great job with her, but they just didn't, they, they didn't know what to do. Right. Right. And I like, this is what you really have, have to think about is, um, a, a typical teacher gets almost no preparation to teach kids who have different learning needs. Right. And one in five kids have a disability. Right. And some are undocumented. Right. Right. But they, but they go to teacher preparation programs and there's just not a whole lot there for them. And so if you think about like, if you, um, you know, like you wouldn't go to your general practitioner to get open heart surgery. Right. Right. You just like, you wouldn't expect that. Um, and so to expect it and then get angry when it doesn't happen is not really that productive. Let's right. just be, let's just be straight up honest. It's not that productive. It's a lot more, pro- I, I had a really great teacher say to me when I was in a frustrating spot, say to me, Hey, do you think that part of this is um, that you can um, help these other folks learn more about inclusion? And I wanted to just say like, shut up because I'm mad right now. <laughs> like, I'm just mad right now. Um, but there was a lot of truth in that, right? right? Like, think about what you're bringing to the table and right. and you need to at least start with positivity and hopefulness um, and a belief that everybody's there because they want the best for your student. Right. right. And a shout out to the teachers. We all know that you're not there for the paycheck. Right. Um, so <laughs> you're not getting rich. You're not getting rich. And we know that schools are overcrowded Mm -hmm. we know that there's a lot of things going on and and we appreciate everything that you do Mm -hmm. daily yeah Um, and so we want to thank you um also another thing another step to think about is you know ask how your school district supports inclusion Mm -hmm. right um because not only um not only is is it a like your your student's teacher but also you know what does how does a school district support that that teacher too well, I, I think what's really important to talk about is the idea that if, if, if your school district doesn't really support inclusive education, it is going to be tough for a, a building level administrator and for sure for a classroom teacher to do inclusion well. Right. Because all the supports that that building and that teacher need are probably not there. Right. There's not good professional development. Right. Um, the school district is not hiring inclusion professionals like instructional coaches or um, inclusion consultants, inclusion which would be great, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Like there's just not that will. And so um, it's a really good question to ask. Yeah. What, what, is your, what ask. does your district do to yeah. support the idea of inclusion? Um, and also like... If they say, well, they do blah, blah, blah. It's okay to say, well, what does that mean? And what does that look like? Right. right? Tell me more. Um, tell me more. Like, what, what is that? Like, I, you know, because a lot of times, um, a lot of schools use a lot of acronyms, right? So, right. like, sure. I would be like, okay, well, like, what does that mean? And what does that look like? Right. And mm-hmm. so, so that way, um, because you might be blown away and realize that the school's doing all this stuff and all you have to do is just make a couple phone calls to, mm-hmm. to improve the situation, you know? Right. So, um, just, you know, just be aware of that. And 
And the worst case scenario is what you find out is that your school district doesn't do anything to support inclusion, right? Like you find out that, yeah. hey, they're just really not on board with that. But at least you know where you're at. Right. Like you know that you're starting at ground zero and there's going to be a lot of work to do. Um, and so then you kind of have to put on like almost an educator hat to say, hey, this can be done. Yeah. Like when your school district says, oh, um, we can't do that. Right. What we need to say is, oh, you know, like if you're an algebra teacher and your students say, I can't do this. We don't just go, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like we're like, no, like, huh, I think that you can do it. And I think that we have as um, educators, you have like we have to hold ourselves to that same standard. Right. Yeah. And instead of saying, no, we don't do that. I think the proper response is, well, we don't do that yet, but how could we do that? And, and that's where I think school districts need to partner with parents better. Um, and, and know that the parents, majority of the parents come with a wealth of knowledge. Oh gosh, we're experts. You know, I mean, we, we live this life, right? Right. Um, were you going to say something else? Sorry. No, I I love that you said that. I think like we know what we're talking about, right? As parents, but at least about our own kid, but often about like a whole array of information about a particular condition and how people are impacted by that. So um, we put together a list of school districts who are doing inclusion well, right? And um, sadly, we're almost out of time and we've barely gotten the we ball barely got even it, yeah. rolling. But it's okay, we'll do another one. We'll do another one. And, of course. And, um, but on Facebook, we're going to post some school districts that are doing inclusion well, so you can kind of dig into those so that you can confidently say, hey, I know this can be done. Right. It's it's being done, and, and, and it's being done even in America, right? Like, it, you know, Even in like... Indiana and Ohio, <laughs> which is where I come. Like, that's my, that's my area, right? Indiana and Ohio are, they have school districts who are graduating 81, 82% of kids on IEPs. Right. That's, that's like huge. Phenomenal. Yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal. Um, so, so look for that posting. We'll get it out in a yeah, day we'll or get two. It out. Yeah. Um, what we need to see right now though, is about the Arc yes. of Larimer County. Yeah. We have to tell you guys, um, we, so the Arc of Larimer County, everybody, well, most people know we're in Northern Colorado. That's mm-hmm. where we're based out of. And, um, every year they do a film festival and it's phenomenal. If you're local and can attend, please do. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a, f- in a future episode. But um, we want to kind of let you know that they need some video submissions, right? Yeah, like, they need films. Films, that's it, films. films. Film festivals have to film have films. Film festivals <laughs> need films, right? And so um, we'll post a link on how to get more information from that too. Um, but the guidelines are a two to five, two to 10 minutes film. Um, and, you know, the film obviously is should be about somebody with an intellectual or developmental disability. And not only is the winner featured during the film fest, so you get to see it on like a big, mm-hmm. big screen, um, but the winner also gets $500. Right. So it's it's pretty awesome. And yeah. um, but we we will have a guest on in a couple couple weeks to talk about the upcoming thing the upcoming film festival, not mm-hmm. the thing, but, um, but in the meantime, if you are an aspiring filmmaker or just even want to just do a short film and send it in, please do. And we'll, we'll, um, 
there's more on their website too, yep. the Ark of Larimer County. Um, but we'll also um, add a link to our yep. page too. But the submission date deadline oh, is you. January the 31st. So you need to get those cameras rolling. Um, and I think too, that if you get on there, you can possibly um, get, see some information about films that they've shown yeah, in the, in the past, past if yes, you've never yes. attended before. And a little shout out to Brady's Bunch. Um, their film was shown a couple years ago too. We yeah. didn't win, but that's okay. At one, of the, shown. at one of the first film festivals, the Foothills Gateway video the core is in was Oh, shown. was it? Oh, yeah. that's so, so exciting. That was really yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, along with a really neat film with Connor Long in it about oh, World War II. Yes. Um, that yeah. was a really great film. Um, but at any rate, um, thanks for joining us. Um, we really hope that you come back because we think that this is a super important topic and we think that everybody has a contribution to make in this conversation yes and we have um, more action steps for your action items lots ideas. more action so steps. of course right <laughs> um so thanks for listening yeah um this is Hetty, and this is tina and this is love and inclusion in, in the, the real, real world, world.